0: DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, the zone. The football season bearing down on us. Is it going to happen? Are the colleges going to go into camps? We're getting right to that time, PK, where it's about time to find out. Schools are going to have players in and they're going to start. Now, we've seen they're in for voluntary workouts and all that, but are they going to start getting to to the bigger groups and start going 11 v. 11 with coaches out there and, then we'll know the season is on the way. And, of course, the opener. The news breaking over the weekend. Bama needs someone to play because they're not playing USC. So will it be BYU? Cecil Hurt covers the Alabama Crimson Tide for the Tuscaloosa News since 1982. And he joins us now on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Cecil, good morning.
1: Good morning. How are you guys?
0: Good. So you've been covering the Crimson Tide for almost 40 years and we're a few weeks out from the opener. You don't know who they're playing. You don't know if they're going to play. playing. This has got to be the weirdest summer ever for you.
1: It is for me. Um, you know, obviously, uh, I guess 1943 was the last time you had this kind of uncertainty during the war. And so that's a, uh, Indicates just what a, uh, uh, you know, I'm not making comparisons, but it indicates what a disruption it's been for college football. And the SEC, along with the ACC and the Big 12, they they really hadn't made any announcement on how they plan to the schedule or what they plan to do. But as long as right now it's a 12-game schedule and Alabama needs that 12th opponent because USC has dropped off.
2: Yeah, do you think that the SEC will go the way of the Big Ten and Pac-12 and just go with the conference only?
1: Well, they hadn't made that decision yet. It would have been easy to, to do if they had made their mind up. I think they want to maximize uh, games and revenue as much as possible. I think they'd like to um, play 12 and play a standard season. That may not be in their control. It basically is not in their control, but to the extent that, that they control it, I think that they want to at least take as long as they can before they start um, diminishing the schedule in any way. So it's, it's going to be another week. I don't know if we're going to have another week's worth of data that's going to make a tremendous difference in the decision-making process. But I think that having the league's 14 athletic directors get on the same page uh, had not been an easy process. And so... Um I, I wouldn't be 100% confident that there'll be any kind of September 5th game. Uh, but if there is a September 5th game, you have to have an opponent. And Alabama's been looking and been talking to teams and certainly been talking to Brigham Young. So when you
0: say get all 14 on the same page, is there a split? Are there eight who want to play and six don't? Or nine don't and five do? And if they don't get on the same page, could they do what the Colonial Athletic Association did and said, there's no league season, but if you want to go play an independent schedule and schedule whatever you can, knock yourself out?
1: Yeah, I doubt that. There's way too much money involved in SEC football. You, know, the, the, you and I could uh, go out to lunch on the Colonials' budget. Um, the SEC, Alabama's operating budget for athletics last year was $186 million. So it, it's a little bit... <laughs> A little bit different decision for the Colonial than it is for 1480s that are spending 150 million dollars a year on athletics. That that adds up pretty quick, so um, they'll they'll get on the same page. It's more a situation of you have some schools in the SEC who have ACC rivals in their state: Clemson, South Carolina, Georgia, Georgia Tech, et cetera, Florida, Florida State. Um, that's a consideration. Uh, you have different governors in different states who may allow different things. Kentucky may say, we want to play, you know, we're gung-ho. And the governor of Kentucky may say, we're not going to have any public gatherings like that until middle of September. So all of that has to be, has to be worked out. And there's no guarantee that it can be worked out. The, the um, coronavirus numbers in this part of the country are not great. They're not great at the moment, and um, unless they see some stability in the in the curve, unless they see, I, I don't think they're going to flatten it in the next five weeks. But unless they see some cause for optimism, uh, it may the decision may be taken out of their hands completely by the government.
2: So, if it's a go, do you think BYU is the odds-on favorite to play that game against Alabama, or are there other teams?
1: Well, there are other teams that they've talked to. They talked to Notre Dame, uh, but Notre Dame has a scheduled game on September the fifth against Navy. Um, they talked to TCU. They they would probably, and this I mean this respectfully, but they probably had a P five opponent and would probably rather have a P five. But you know now you're down to three power five leagues, and it's hard to work out the schedule logistics and don't know whether a team would need to come to Tuscaloosa. Um, There's there's stadium renovation underway, but Mike could work around that if they have a limited um, crowd size or or no attendance at all. Um, You know, that that might work. Um, They're probably not going to get the $6 million appearance fee they were going to get in Dallas for playing USC. But, (laughs) and to be perfectly honest about it, there's probably a coach or two that's got enough on his mind without saying, um, yeah, we'll open up with Alabama. So uh, BYU, I think, is willing to play and eager to play and looking for um, ways to fill in their schedule because, you know, a lot of their – you all know better than I do, but it looks like most of their September schedule has been erased. Um, So that would be a nationally televised game. Um, High-profile, whether it was played here or uh, I don't know if Provo's off the table, I'd be surprised if Alabama came out there. But 2020 does surprising things.
0: Cecil Hurd joining us. He covers the Alabama Crimson Tide uh, for uh, the Tuscaloosa News. He's been doing it since 1982. You know, there's there's a couple things about playing games that are reason to go to the conference-only model. Aside from the health considerations, set all that aside. Two things I've heard is one. Not every game is worth the same amount of money. So let's start there. Do you think there's some games if Alabama's going to pare it down from 12 to 11, 10, 9, 8? Are there some games, you know, pay playing, pay playing a money game and paying someone to come in if you can't fill the stadium doesn't really seem to make sense. How big a factor is that?
1: Well, they wouldn't pay the same. I mean, that would have to be negotiated in terms of what guarantee, what kind of guarantee they would pay. Yeah. Um so, and, and they're already, as I said, you're $6 million in the hole from the start because that's what their appearance fee was going to be in Dallas. So, on the other hand, playing a game is better than not playing a game, regardless of what the revenue that it generates for the two teams might be. The, the second part of that that I would say is that some of the SEC's television package, which is – relatively lucrative. They're in the process of renegotiating it. Their, their CBS deal is good, not great. It's not what it's going to be um, in the next couple of years, whether it goes to ESPN or how that works. But um, but it involves having a 12-game schedule. Um, you know, there are they're tie-ins with other networks. There's an SEC network that needs programming. Um, so all of those things factor into it. So it's not just going to be a case where they're, they're going to look at it and say, well, we can get rid of these other games, we're just going to play conference games. Mm-hmm. Now it may end up that way. It might end up that way. But that wouldn't be the first choice if there, you were in a situation where you had choices.
2: Do you, do you think that they would try to reschedule that SC game somewhere down the line or is that done?
1: Uh, I would doubt it because of the way their schedule is set up. I mean, unless there are even more profound changes than we've already had, which is hard to imagine. Uh, they're scheduled out Power 5 through 2033. Um, they've got Texas home and home. They've got Ohio State home and home. They've got Notre Dame home and home. Um, so it would be hard. But they have Miami in a neutral site next year, and then they start, they start the home and homes with Texas. Um, they've got Arizona, they've got Florida State. Uh, so I don't know that there's a spot uh, where USC would immediately fit in.
0: Cecil Hurt join us, writes for the Tuscaloosa News, covers the Crimson Tide. You know, you brought up an interesting point that there might not – it's hard for Alabama to get a season-opening game because a lot of teams maybe don't want to face Alabama because it's such a good chance that you could not only get beaten, but you could just get crushed. Uh, and I was reading the thing that one of the reasons to go to conference-only games was because there are coaches, and, and it was an anonymous quote. Of course it was. Yeah. Uh, but the anonymous quote was, there are coaches, and we know these people are out there. You know they're out there, who when they see a tough road game coming, will go like, no, nah, I got too many positives. We can't play. And so the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are going to establish – some kind of norm, some kind of standard which they haven't done yet it's easier to say than do to make sure that people aren't ducking out on a road game against a top ten team when they're going to lose by four touchdowns uh, do you see that as being a factor one thing they got to iron out in the SEC
1: I don't think it would be I think I think the culture here is such that teams want to play even even Vanderbilt wants to play Alabama if that's what's on the schedule um, they're they understand what the what the line on that game would be, but I don't see I don't see Vandy or or certainly don't see Mississippi State. Mike Leaching going to duck anybody. <laughs> you know? And then if you start that, suppose you've got a three game stretch of Alabama, LSU, and Georgia, you're just going to claim positives the whole three weeks and <laughs> not play anybody. So I, I don't I I would hope that that wouldn't be. Um, I would hope the one thing that we can agree on and all do is that we need to be honest about the coronavirus data. Uh, we need to respond to it correctly, and it does not need to be manipulated for comp- competitive advantage one way or the other. He is either saying you've got more guys sick than you have or playing guys who've tested positive.
2: Nick exchange is going to be 69 this season. How long do you think he's going to go?
1: Well, um, that's a good question. I don't know what else he would do. I, you know, I think he's happier doing this than anything else. But I certainly can't speak for him and his family. And I'm sure this year has brought a a real set of frustrations. But um, they, they've found three three. – they've got commitments from three five-star players. They've they, – just got the number one offensive lineman in the country this week, so I'm sure he's assuring those guys that he'll be around to coach them.
0: So, if this all falls apart, you mentioned Alabama with you know over 180 million dollars in the in the budget, are they looking at dropping sports the way Stanford did? Could it could it get that bad?
1: They'd have to find something. I'm not going to speak for what their decision making process would be or what you know they they may have reserves that would let them. Um, hold on for a year they certainly have fundraising capabilities if if, um, if that was presented to, to certain donors that that hey baseball's in trouble or, or um, women's volleyball is in trouble and we need X to, to keep it going one year uh, but you have to you have to tighten the belt somewhere you have to you have to find where you can make cuts and account for that if, if um, your budget is usually 180 million and all of a sudden you only have um, let's say 60 million coming in for a year Uh, that's a that's a huge shortfall and that's just one hypothetical about the numbers but that's one of the hypotheticals that could happen
2: how's steve sarkeesian doing we heard some information about him as far as his health
1: he's still resting he had um, heart surgery had a stent put in um, you know, it's been a situation where where they hadn't been on the field with players and out in the heat and so forth. So he's been able to do uh, what work he can do, he's been able to do from home. Um, so that, I guess you look for the silver lining in everything. The, the timing uh, probably was, was a little better for him, although I'm sure it was scary for him as well. Um, in terms of, of job, though, it's it, it, Probably as good a time as any for him to, to have a few weeks to recuperate, and um, then we'll see what he's able to do when they get more full. I mean, they're, they're back in a few more drills today, but and I don't think you'll be around. I don't think you'll be around anybody um, given the vulnerability to the virus uh, for 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 a while yet.
0: You mentioned uh, that the schedule was built out for a few years. You know, For a long time, neutral games in NFL stadiums were a big deal, and BYU uh-huh. played a bunch of them. But now you're talking about all these home-and-home uh, deals going forward. What, what has led to the change? That seems like a big change of philosophy. What's the difference there?
1: Um, I think the biggest difference, I think there's a variety. And first of all, I've always been a big advocate of home-and-home as part of the college football experience. I think it's it's great for Alabama to play in Columbus or Austin, um, South Bend. I think when, when you're talking about the programs that, that are at the very top of college football, I think they should be doing that. But also, when your skyboxes start at $5 million donation um, per, per box, that's, that doesn't pay for your tickets. That's just the, your box. Um, people aren't going to take favorably just that Skybox lease, that $5 million Skybox lease, and the big game is being played in Atlanta or Orlando. You know They want to see it. So I think that's been part of it, is the the change to ultra-luxury seating in a good bit of the stadium.
0: Well, Cecil, we appreciate the time and all the perspective. Thanks for joining us. And if BYU and Alabama... If BYU and Alabama to play, maybe we'll talk to you again in a few weeks.
1: Could be announced any day. Um, they're, they're pretty well down the road with negotiations, I think.
0: Cecil, thanks a lot. We appreciate it.
1: Sure. Glad to do it.
0: Cecil Hurt covers the Alabama Crimson Tide. He's been uh, working for the Tuscaloosa News on the Tide Beat since 1982.
2: We want Bama!
0: <laughs> Five million for a luxury suite.
2: That's outrageous, man. You better so not down, go play yeah. in Dallas or Atlanta. You better bring in Ohio State and Notre Dame. <laughs> nah, that is a ton of money, man. They are just awash in cash. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. If you are of the uh, ilk that the player should be paid, that kind of cash is just stunning. And what did he say? Close to $200 million with the football program. Yeah, one
0: hundred eighty-five is cow. what he yeah. said. $185 yeah, that,
2: million. That's amazing. You know, I've been down to Alabama and uh, to Tuscaloosa, and obviously that... That area of the country, you can see why it's a hotbed. I mean, there's a lot of talent, and they don't compete with any pro team. And that's yeah. that's basically, they run a pro uh, organization to an extent, a program, yes. I guess. Yes. I mean, they, they don't spare any expense there. Uh, and it's just, it's really incredible, the amount of attention and everything that that football program brings in Sabin. What he's been able to do, they're going to be 69. He's born on Halloween. I looked it up. He'll be 69 years old. And, hey, you know, if you can continue to do it, you might as well do it. And for BYU to have that opportunity, even to go down there, uh, if I'm a kid on the football team, I would be so excited. To, if I, I would, either way, if I play him at the stadium of the Cowboys, that's a whole lot of fun. If not, to go into Alabama I mean, it makes it more difficult, I guess. It's already a very difficult task either way. But if I were a kid on BYU's team, I would want to play that game. I mean, I would want to play the Utah game more, but that's off the table now. So I would want that for Alabama. I would much rather have that than go and play you know, some dog team. And you're probably not going to have the hundreds or what, tens of thousands of people in the stands Maybe that doesn't make it quite as more intimidating. Uh, Somehow, maybe that could level the playing field a little bit. Not that it would be a level playing field. The opportunity to beat those guys would be extremely difficult. But just the opportunity to play them, I think if I'm a kid on BYU's football team, that's something that I embrace and something that I could say I did. I went to Alabama and played the Crimson Tide.
0: I think the it probably does a couple things for the coaching staff and I think one thing is no matter what sport you played at what level you know, high school, college, pro, at some point you probably were on a team that got drilled. <laughs> you probably had a really bad day and you lost by a lot, whether it was, you know, 30 points in a basketball game or three touchdowns in a football game or, you know, I don't know what what's the worst high school baseball loss? You ever uh, you, you ever get someone just beat you up, you know, 12 nothing or something, PK just take it to you? You know, it, But afterwards, and, and I had this happen a couple times, the coach says, that tells you what you need to be. I can yell at you as much as you want. Now you know what the bar is. You want to be really good? That's what really good looks like. And that is, uh, it's not fun to go through that, but if you're really honest with yourself in the moment, when the coach says that, you're like, that's not coach yelling at me. That's not coach hating me. That's the scoreboard, and, and he's just right. He's just yeah. right. So if you open with an Alabama, it's like you want to be really good, you don't win the game, the score is whatever, but Kalani can get up and say, That's the bar guys. And so that informs you for every practice. That informs you for every video session. And if you're an underclassman,
2: that that
0: should be something that stays with you when you're lifting in the off season.
2: <laughs> I don't think that's gonna make a lick of difference though. You're not gonna achieve the level of Alabama. No, but it makes
0: you the best you can be, whatever that is. You're not going to achieve the level of Alabama. They're bringing in all these five stars, and these guys are literally bigger, longer, faster. Yeah, I get that. But if it helps you not take a practice or a video session off, get the most out of what you got.
2: Uh, Get better. I I don't know that you need to play Alabama to know that. I mean, that's up to the individual. Uh, You take a kid like a Max Hall who wasn't wildly talented, but he had the heart of uh, whatever and he had guts and he had determination. So he got the most out of his ability. And that's why he was the winningest quarterback. And that, uh, that comes from within and and i suppose maybe it could help to a degree but i think 95% of that that's up to the individual what does he want to accomplish in his life not just in his athletic career but in his life and to a guy like max who on the surface didn't have any type of talent to become BYU's winning, winning his quarterback, but yet he battled, he played through a separated shoulder and all the things that he did, and that's why he got to where he was. It was something that was within his heart. That's what you need to have. That's why football recruiting can be difficult to measure because it's hard to see because it's a difficult sport and it's hard to figure out who has those de- that type of determination. You could take a Trevor Riley two-star and he can make the NFL because he's going to battle you every step of the way and give you everything he's got like you're talking about.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's all true, but you're also uh, channeling Jerry Sloan once before a draft saying it's hard to draft because it's hard to know and he pointed his heart and said, it's hard to know what's in there, you know, and, and why, do, why do guys who are top 10 picks flame out and guys who are second-round picks have long careers? Paul Millsap would be the current example, but we could come up with a bunch of others, you know, and it's because it's Jerry tapping his heart. It's because of what's in there.
2: And I think it's the hardest to judge in football. I think it's harder to judge in football than it is basketball. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280
0: The Zone. Basketball is back. The Zone
3: Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: NBA teams are going to get three scrimmages before they play their eight regular season games. Before the playoffs start, the Jazz get underway Thursday night with their first scrimmage. The NBA will shorten the quarter lengths of the first exhibition games from 12 minutes to 10 the jazz play the phoenix suns 6 p m on thursday a 2003 2004 lebron james upper deck rookie card sold at auction yesterday for $1,845,000 it's a record for a modern day card recognized as 1980 or later uh, there are only 23 of the patch pillow cards made and this was just one of two graded at a 9.5 mint gem grade Carmelo Anthony has slimmed down to play the three for the Portland Trailblazers, earning a new nickname, Skinny Mellow. This back-to-basketball update is brought to you by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you.
2: Now let's get this
3: party started! This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports
1: Network. There are a couple of reasons that I didn't become a doctor. <laughs> Same reasons you didn't what? become a
3: paleontologist? The, why do you crack a smile and well, then I'm make just, a joke? I'm just saying, like, yeah, there's a couple of reasons I wasn't a lawyer. Number one, the LSAT scared me. Number two, I thought I'd fell miserably. And number three, I didn't think I was smart enough. So, yeah, there are just a couple of reasons why I didn't become a lawyer.
1: Can I make a point without you attacking me? I'm not
3: attacking you. Like, you've never talked about wanting to be a doctor before. To me, this seems like you were just right on the cusp of going to medical school. And then just these one or two little things came up and made you think, no, I'm not going to do that. Doctor. 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 Can you not attack me? You know, it it bugs me when you
1: do that. Doctor. 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 Stop playing that.
2: And doctor. Well,
3: we miss anyone? Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. We just spoke with a guy who's covered the Alabama Crimson Tide since 1982. Cecil Hurt works for the Tuscaloosa News. Buried in all that, P.K., was... uh, I mean, we're talking about BYU and Alabama and some, some of the stuff Alabama is trying to juggle going forward this season. But he said, the numbers aren't great. The governors may not let the SEC play. I always kind of think the SEC is going to call the shots on what the SEC does. Kind of rare to hear somebody say, eh, the SEC may not call the shots on what the SEC does.
2: Well, I think ultimately that's what will be decided, right? It will be the elected officials. It won't be the individual teams and programs, yeah. right?
0: That's, that seemed to be what Cecil was saying when he spoke with us. Uh, we got a tweet during the segment, that, or maybe during the break right after the segment, that uh, it's, you only get in Utah, but you get them all the time. But they're, they're generally more uh, spot on than not. Uh, Dallin tweets at us, I spoke to Isaiah Kafusi and Matt Bushman yesterday in church, and they said it's close to a done deal. <laughs> so there's, there's a listener with your inside source, P.K., Sources said hey, he names names.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was it was obvious that it was going to go along the lines of something that was going to happen. They've been they've known about this for weeks. You know, I I told you three days before that that's the mm-hmm. way the Pac twelve was going to go, and so obviously Tom Homo and his group knew about it, and they can figure out what's going to happen. It wasn't like it was any big industry secret. So I think the only question is, do they actually play the game, not is it going to be scheduled?
0: Yeah, Mark Harlan, when he came on with us, came on right before it was announced publicly. But he told us I'm keeping, you know, Tom and I speak. We just spoke the other night. I don't remember it was the night before or, or, you know, two nights before. But it was pretty clear, well, if they were talking to them, he was telling Tom what was coming down the pipeline. There's a meeting Friday, and this is probably what they're going to decide. You know? And if they're having that conversation, it stands to reason they had a conversation two weeks earlier, and he gave him a heads up. Hey, this, this is brewing here. You may <laughs> want to start looking around. <laughs> exactly. So...
2: Oh, he had yeah. two other teams from the conference on his schedule, so he didn't even need to have It may that. not even come from him,
0: right? It could have come yeah. from one of the other ones. And, and it may have come from more than one, not knowing each not knowing the other one had already called him.
2: Right, and th- it's not that Utah is trying to beg out of the game. This is something that they really don't have any say in. So uh, give the teams that you're going to play, or, particularly in the BYU-Utah deal, that because it's so intense – give them a heads up. So, yeah, they've known about it. So Tom's been working on this. And as I told you, man, I told you over a week ago, as long as the Big 12 and the SEC don't go to conference only, BYU's going to be just fine in the scheduling. Now, whether the games are played or not, that's an entirely different subject. Right. It, we're just talking about games schedule. They can get teams. They can get games. That wasn't going to be an issue and at the very least, they can go to the Independents to get games. So you can have a mix, you can have a schedule that can look comparable to the one that they were supposed to play you can have a schedule that looks very easy if you just go with the independents and you play them home and home because if that's what they ended up doing i don't think tom's office is going to be bombarded with a bunch of fans how did you why would you do that put together new mexico state twice and liberty twice and yukon and blah 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 and umass because i think everybody under the circumstances would understand so I don't think that they would take any grief from anybody, no matter what schedule they come up with, because they're doing the best that they can under the situation as it presents itself. Now they have this opportunity here. Maybe he might say, uh, "I actually, I could hear him." Uh, I could hear some complaints, particularly from the coaches. Jeez, Tom, thanks for that schedule. I mean, you know what I mean? Because it could potentially be very difficult. Uh, but you want to mix, and Tom's job of creating a balance in the schedule. It has been very difficult because the last thing he wants to do is fire and hire a football coach. He doesn't want to do that. That's no, no AD wants to do that. You want whoever you hire in the first place to be successful. Life is way better when things are successful. So he's got to present a schedule to the football program that is manageable and at least to a degree winnable, at the same time satisfy his fans because Tom is a little bit uh, of a curse in his situation that he played at BYU during some great times. And there's enough BYU fans. We we haven't had that separation yet to where there has been uh, way back when and now, and those times are never going to happen again. No, I don't think that's the case. You look at UNLV basketball. When I was covering them for the watchdog 20 years, you go down there and you talk to the people and, you know, why can't you get Tark? Well, now I think that the Tark deal has removed itself for so long that people aren't expecting that. But BYU, the fans are still expecting that because along the way... This is just the 84 team and the team before and the team after. That was really good, right? And that's 40 years ago, whatever it is. Well, along the way, in that 40 years, it's not like they've had a dry spell. UNLV hasn't gotten to the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 ever basically, since Tark left. Well, BYU football, they've had some really good runs since 1984. So you don't have to go back to 1984 to see really good teams. Bronco Mendenhall had really good teams, and that's just a few years back. You see what I'm saying? So the expectation of BYU football is still pretty doggone high, and Tom has to manage all those things when he puts together a schedule because the fan base still thinks it can achieve some great things. Because you don't have to go back that far when they did achieve great things.
0: And I would even say, add to that last year, even though it was a 7-6 and six year, when you're beating USC and Tennessee in consecutive weeks in overtime, when you're the only regular season loss on Boise State's schedule and you knock them out of a New Year's Six Bowl, yeah, you ended up 7-6, and six, but you got these three games over here, you messed up on the road in the fourth quarter, 10-3 and three was right there. 10-3 and three with a USC win and backed up by Tennessee and Boise State wins. Would have been a great season. That would have been right up there with you know what Ty Detmer was pulling off his senior year. They had three losses that year. So it's it is right, it's right within their grasp. Now it slipped through their fingers last year, but it's just not that far away. And even this year, if it happens, if they play 12 games, I assume right now Tom's got plan A, plan B, and plan C. E, well, and I guess these would be B, C, and D, because A already got uh, got wrecked by the Big Ten and the Pac-12 decisions. But even now, and you were, you were laughing at me last night, PK, about uh, when I was running through all the options, but there are still a lot of options. I guess you were laughing at me last night about what I said Saturday night when I did like a six-minute piece on all the options BYU has out there, because they're not the only ones who had games canceled. And Alabama... And Notre Dame, okay, those would be the biggest-name opponents out there. But, you know, Iowa State's looking for a game. Texas Tech could be looking for a game. You know, there's a whole nother list of teams. Kansas, Oklahoma State are out there. Um, and then there's, there's one week there's like seven Mountain West teams looking for a game. Now, they're, they're already playing one or two of them. You know, so unless they're gonna go home and home. But that's still four or five Mountain West teams if they need to plug a game in there. And then I think there's the there's the next tier down, the ones you talk about. All right, we're playing Liberty Home and Home and we're playing New Mexico State. But there are a lot of options that I assume Tom's been sorting through over this last month. He's of not course. just sitting there throwing darts at the wall. Nah,
2: he ain't throwing no darts at the wall, because that would be irresponsible, because if you miss the board, you get it on the other side, and then you got to repair it. And that's just a waste of money. Why would you do that? Got a little bubblegum will do it. No, not down there, man. As Gordon Monson would say, down there. No, not at all. He's dealing with a position of strength because BYU will play anybody, anywhere. Colin Cowherd said it. <laughs> People say, well, Colin, why do you say that? Because it's true. <laughs> That's why. The job with the inflection there. That was
0: <laughs> spot on.
2: <laughs> I'd always love I don't listen to him. Actually, I watch him a little bit on TV now more than I used to. And I would listen to people say, well, Colin, (laughs) if you've seen it, you know exactly what it is. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I've tried to watch it on TV. I can't do it. He's in that set, and he's in that big chair, and then there's a woman all the way across the room sitting down behind the desk, and he's talking to her. It's like, it's like this is a set for a remake of The Wizard of Oz. What I've are you You guys a
2: hero of mine, man. What are, you, what are you doing here? Any guy who makes it and didn't make it because their dad or somebody else just paved the way for them and got them in, if you make it on your own and you've succeeded and you've been doing it for a long time in this business – You're a guy I look up to, even if you're younger than me, and he's a guy I look up to because he made it, man. Good for him. He made it big time to where he has a place up in Promontory, and he's taken private lessons in golf. Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, We got a question coming in on uh, Twitter, and it's for you, PK. Do you want it now so you can think about it over the break kind of as a tease, or should we just leave this as a tease, and you'll just be hit with it cold? And you'll answer it when I read it to you on the other side. Uh, I'll go the latter. All right. That's next. DJ and PK and Steve Cleveland's coming up at 9.05 right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.
3: Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Hey, let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the
0: weekend. Really? Fly ball to right field, way back,
1: and it is gone. A grand slam home run for Cody Bellinger. Two walks, an infield hit, and a grand slam for Cody Bellinger. The Dodgers have themselves a 4-1 to lead.
0: And that's a 25-pitch limit. We go to the second. <laughs> that's the Chevy Strong play of the game. No, today at 450 on the Big Show, and you can win fabulous prizes. Explain to us how you were surprised by that rule change, PK.
2: So that game came on, I think, uh, 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock our time, somewhere along the, those lines. I was excited to watch it. It was on my uh, Fox Sports that I get through direct television. I had it on the Dodger channel and the Diamondback channel. And so, yeah, the Dodgers come up, and they get uh, a couple of walks, I think, and a couple of hit, uh, hit. And so Bellinger comes up with the bases loaded, and he hits one down the uh, right field line. It goes in the stands, and it's a grand slam and he's rounding the bases, and the Diamondback guys, they're leading one to nothing. And they start walking off the field. And I thought, what is that? It's a walk-off? First team to four? <laughs> what are we doing here? It's the bottom of the first inning. And no, they had a 25-pitch limit that they can invoke on the kid, and they did. And so they went to the top of the second. I had no idea that that was the rule, that that's what they're doing in these uh, – which for baseball is the preseason games. The season opens uh, what Thursday? Yeah,
0: Thursday. I think they're calling this summer training, and then giggling when they say that because it used to be spring training, and yeah, we're in July now, so it's summer training.
2: Right? Yeah, and I know they got a game tonight. Then the the Diamondbacks are making their way down the coast. I think they got one against the Angels, and then they got one against the Padres, and then they were actually opening against the Padres in San Diego when the games count for real. And for me, what can I tell you, man? I'm excited about it. Ball games. They're going to be ball games. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, there was soccer uh, Friday night, and there was uh, golf Saturday during the day, and there was baseball kind of in the afternoon and then into the evening. So it wasn't completely normal, but it was a lot closer to normal than uh, anything we've seen in the last 4 months as far as, you know, sports on TV this weekend. Yeah. So, <laughs> the, the question. Now we're getting another one. Now it's just turned into questions for PK. Well, here's the one I was going to start with. We'll get to the other one later. Tyler, add David DJ James. Without sports the last few months and now having sports, did PK want or miss sports more than he thought he would?
2: Who did I? Ooh. Well, if you just go on the disruption of normal life, and you take sports as part of it is part of my normal life. What I do, I'm fortunate enough, very fortunate enough to do it for a job. So you look at that and forget about the actual competition sports nature. Just uh, sports is a way of life for me, just as is. Uh, for somebody might be going to the movies, going to restaurants, whatever it might be, and that got taken away, well, of course I want that back. I want the normalcy to return as much as possible whenever it's possible to return. I'm not advocating let's open up everything. I'm not saying that. I'm saying just when it can return, I want it back. Yeah, absolutely I want it back. I mean, I have a friend uh, who whose parents are in their 90s, and she has to go and the parents are on the third floor of a facility and yeah. they stand in the parking lot and talk through the window yeah i mean that's not normal no, Right. i've seen
0: that you, <laughs> yeah the, you remember that uh, ultra big flag and i <clears throat> missed oh, yeah, yeah, one yeah. day the so they, they there, yeah. that was in front of a building it was a corporate thing and they tore that down yeah and i know they built yeah. yeah you've been by it and Many they times, yeah. and they build a three or four story uh <laughs> right. senior home yeah, and correct. on mother's day I turned out of our neighborhood onto the main drag where this thing is located, and there's a gas station across the street. In P.K., there were multiple cars parked in the gas station. People were looking up at windows, and they were on cell phones. It was so sad. (laughs) It was so sad. It was like, it's Mother's Day. They can't go give Mom a hug, you know? Right. (laughs) were places to get the ultra-big flag to call uh, the the ultra-big flag. (laughs) What? What? Easy there, DJ. Hey, it happens. It did. So, uh, but it was really sad because there were grandkids there that were, you know, and everything, and they're waving and they're on the phones. They're like, yeah, so bring the normalcy back. But sports is part of the normalcy. Right. Now, we missed it at work a lot. Uh, yes. I, I don't know that it's the thing I've missed in my personal life the most, but splitting your work and personal life is splitting hairs, given, you know, the amount of time we spend working and prepping for work. Uh, but it, and you definitely you miss... Going and seeing groups of people, you know, wherever it's, it's, it's just odd. You know, it's odd not having walked into the arena for the playoffs. It just, what happened? And that's fun. You walk up there. I mean, that's a great day at work. You know, a Jazz home playoff game is usually a great day at work.
2: Yeah, but we've had that. that. We've had that when that's happened. So that isn't that isn't necessarily right. But I think we were
0: all set for it to happen this year. We we braced ourselves before, like, well, it's not going to happen this year because they're a lottery team, you know. But this year, we knew they were good, and we knew it was going to happen until it wasn't going to happen. So.
2: Right and I, if they don't have college football then,
0: then that's if, the same kind of deal right You're to, just to me it's a bigger
2: deal because at least the jazz and the NBA had a 60 plus game season if it came to it. Mm, yeah. So at least I got a good heavy dose of basketball uh, throughout the season. Uh, whereas if we don't have college football and have zero well that would I mean I would miss that tremendously. But as far as what was the other part of it, how much do I miss it? How much do I want it? Yeah, what was the question?
0: Uh, here it is uh, Want or miss sports More than he thought he would
2: I think I would say I would want it I'd want it more Than I thought I would It's been a bigger void It's not out of necessity It's not an addiction It's more of a want It's more out of an enjoyment uh, I want it I don't necessarily need it, but I desperately want it. My wife had a health situation uh, several years back where she couldn't play golf, loves to play golf. And after she got through with that health, a health situation, uh, being a teacher and having summers off, to the point where it became, yeah, this is something that I want to do. And if you don't understand it, well, you know what I got to say to you? <laughs> and, and that was the attitude, and I said, oh, okay, because it was taken away. Doesn't necessarily need it, but wants to. it. Yeah. Wants it, and really wants it, and wants to do it, and does it, and is going to be playing in with the ladies tomorrow and Wednesday, and great, and I'm not going to be playing. She's going to be playing. So she plays as much, if not more, probably more than me because she's got these ladies things that she does and it became cause it got taken away. And then when you start realizing, you know, you get into life situations and things can be taken away. And ultimately at some point it's going to be taken away where you literally can't play it. And then your life is going to be taken away. So, you know, it's the old thing, uh, the less time you have, the more the time becomes valuable. And so that's the sort of the situation I am with the sports It got taken away, and I didn't want it to get taken away. I don't think anybody wants it to get taken away. And so you end up wanting it more. Something that you can't have and you want, you want it more. And I think that's where I'm at.
0: DJ PK, Steve Cleveland is coming up next. What story will he break out today? We will get to that next with our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland.